All right, hey everybody, Merry Christmas. I am so glad that you are here with us to celebrate Jesus here at Valley Creek Church, and I hope you and your family are having a great Christmas season, and whether this is your first time here with us, maybe you haven't been in a while, maybe you've left and recently come back, maybe you're here every single weekend, it really doesn't matter. I am so glad that you are here with us today because there is so much to celebrate about Jesus because it's Christmas. It's Christmas. Lights and parties and presents and bows and trees and families and gathering and food and fun and peace and joy and hope and love and awe and wonder. It's Christmas. We're told it is the most wonderful time of the year. And yet if we're honest, Doesn't always feel like that, does it? If we're honest, we don't always feel Christmassy. We don't always feel the spirit of Christmas. It doesn't always feel like the most wonderful time of the year. Like, let's be honest, we're not often full of awe. We're often annoyed when we're out there in traffic. And instead of letting people in, we want to give them a friendly gesture to move them on. When we have our family parties or gatherings and we go and hang out with extended family, we're not necessarily celebrating and enjoying that moment. We're kind of frustrated at the dysfunction of how our family rolls. Instead of being excited about giving and receiving presents, we're often disappointed that we didn't get what we want and we feel this pressure to have this perfect gift to give to someone else. We go to activities and instead of being present and engaged, we're there but we're not really there. Like like we show up, but we're not really present. Our body is there, but we're somewhere else in our mind. If we're honest, it doesn't really feel like the most wonderful time of year a lot. It often feels very disillusioning at best. Like sometimes, I don't know if you ever feel like this, but you can feel like a hostage in your own life when you get to this time of the year. There's these storms that rage inside of us and we have no idea how to calm them. So we kind of go through the motions and make it happen. Just get to January and keep going on. Like if we're honest, some of us, we plan so much activity over this season because we can't handle five minutes of being alone by ourselves. Because the storm that rages in here is so great that if I have to face it, I don't even know what I'll do. Some of us have so much social anxiety that even showing up to a a, a thing like this, as soon as we get in, we're trying to figure out when is it going to be over, where are the exits, and how can I get out of here, because there's so much going on inside of us. We're told it's the most wonderful time of the year, but it doesn't always feel like that. So here's the question, why? Why doesn't it always feel like that? Well, I would submit to you that I think the problem is, is because we take Christmas out of context. We take Christmas out of the larger story, and so a baby in a manger doesn't really mean all that much. You see, you have to understand, Christmas is not a story in and of itself. Christmas is a chapter in the larger story of humanity. And like any story, if you take one chapter out and you try to look at it on its own, it really doesn't mean all that much. But you put it back in its context, all of a sudden it comes to life. Like if you really want to understand Christmas, you got to go all the way back to the beginning you got to go all the way back to the beginning of creation because in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created the plants and the moon and the sun and the stars and the animals and every living thing. And he created man, us, in his image and his likeness. And he said, everything was very good. 
We knew who we were. We knew who God was. We knew what we were created to do. We ruled and reigned with God. Life was amazing. And there was only one thing God told us we couldn't do. Eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, it's not because God wanted to make our life harder. No, what God wanted to do was protect us. And he invited us to trust him because love always allows for choice. You see, God never wanted us to know good and evil, right and wrong. God never wanted us to spend our lives performing, striving, earning, achieving, trying to win the approval and the affirmation of others to validate ourselves in every way, shape and form. So he didn't want us to eat from the knowledge of good and evil. He wanted us to live our life under the endless supply of his grace. The problem was, as we disobeyed, ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And in that moment, everything changed. We lost who we were. We became confused about who God was and we lost our purpose. We were naked, afraid, and ashamed. So we ran and we hid. Death, brokenness, and destruction entered into the world. And God very easily could have left us, but he didn't. He came and he covered Adam and Eve. And he told them one day a savior would come and make everything right again. And so from that moment on, day after day, Week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade, all of creation waited for the coming Savior the way kids wait for Christmas morning. And then on that first Christmas morning when Jesus was born in a manger, like kids running down the stairs to the Christmas tree, all of creation came to that manger because the Savior had finally come. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus moved into our neighborhood with grace and truth, the presence of God in human form, love encapsulated in a human body. Love came down and hope rose up. And that's why it was the night divine. That's why it was, oh, holy night. That's why the weary world rejoiced. But he didn't stay in a wooden manger. You see, he grew and he became a boy and then he became a man and he lived the life we were created to live. He showed us who we were, who God was, and what we were created to do. And every temptation you've ever faced, every struggle, every challenge, every obstacle that's been in your life, Jesus faced every one of those. But where we fall short, he walked in victory. And he went to the wooden cross and all of our sin and our shame and our brokenness and our failure and all of the dysfunction of our life was placed on him. He cried out, it is finished, breathed his last breath, died, was buried in a grave three days again later, rose from the grave that all who believe in him shall have everlasting life. In other words, he came to restore who we were, our relationship with God and redeem the purpose for which we were created. He came to bring us home. So now all who believe in him, to all who receive him, shall be called children of God. You see, the Bible tells us in Galatians 4, it says, But when the right time came, he wasn't early and he wasn't late. God sent his son, born of a woman, fully God, fully man, subject to the law, the requirements of God. God sent Jesus to buy freedom for us who are slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. In other words, Jesus came to live under the law. So you could spend your life under grace. He came to take every expectation, every burden, every standard, every command that God has ever declared over our lives. He came to fulfill them all so you could live a life of grace. In other words, Jesus was born so you could be born again. He was the God in heaven who became the baby in a manger, who became the man on the cross. And now he is the God who lives within us. 
That's why it's the most wonderful time of the year. You see, probably the most famous part of the Christmas story is when the shepherds are, are, are told by the angels what happened. And if you think about this, it's the first birth announcement of Jesus. And what's fascinating is it happens to shepherds, man. It doesn't happen to celebrities, politicians, nobility. It doesn't show up to the rich and famous. The angels come to shepherds. And you think, oh, shepherds, they're so cute in the little manger scene with their little sheep and their stat. No. They were rough. They were unclean. They were broken. They were the least deserving, least expecting people. And if the angels came to tell them Jesus showed up for them, I think that qualifies us too. And so you know this part, right? You probably heard it a million times. The angels show up and say, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. In other words, the angels show up to the shepherds and they say, hey guys, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. His name is Jesus and he came for you. See, I think this Christmas, God wants to say the same thing that he said on that first Christmas night. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. His name is Jesus and he came for you. In fact, if you really think about it, that's the declaration of the reality of why Christmas matters and who Jesus is. And so here's what I just want to ask you. I want you to think about what the angels say. Don't be afraid or fear not. I bring you good news of great joy. Here's my question. This Christmas, which of these do you need? If you look at your life right now, like which of these three things that the angels show up to say, here's all of humanity has now been changed because of Jesus has come. Do you need to hear fear not? Do you need some good news or do you need some great joy? I mean, if you just think about it in your life, maybe right now this Christmas, you need to fear not. If you think about this past season in your life, maybe it's been full of fear. Maybe your life has been full of anxiety and stress and worry and doubt. Maybe you're afraid. You say, afraid of what? I, I don't know. Afraid of sickness, afraid of rejection, afraid of loneliness, afraid of, of, of insecurity, afraid of vulnerability, afraid of failure, afraid of being insignificant, afraid of being left alone, afraid of not having a purpose. I don't know. Maybe you've been spending this last season of your life in the prison in your mind. And you sit in there with the fear and those thoughts that start ripping through. What if, what if, what if, what if, should I, should I, should I, should I, how can, how can, how can, how can. And we get caught in the prison of our mind. And we're terrified about what might happen. And maybe it's made you stuck or paralyzed and you can't even live your life and move forward. And some of you are sitting here and you're like, bro, I'm not afraid. Okay, well, I would just ask you this question. Are you controlling in any way, shape or form? <laughs> And I bet the people in your life can answer that question better than you. <laughs> Why do we control things? Because we're afraid of the future. So we control it so it happens our way. Okay, but Jesus came. So fear not. Joshua 1.9, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified, afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. In other words, God's presence is the antidote for fear. And that Christmas night, Jesus showed up on this earth so we would never have to be afraid again. Or how about 1 John 4.18 that says, there is no fear in love for perfect love casts or drives out fear. 
In other words, when the love of God came down, he came to drive out the fear in your life and in my life. Because once and for all, Jesus secured our future. And if he is for us, then who can be against us? So fear not. His name is Jesus. He came for you. Maybe you need to hear fear not, but maybe some of you, you just need some good news, man. If you look at your life this year, this season, maybe it's been a really hard season. Maybe this has been a season where you've had unmet expectations and disappointments and life hasn't gone any way the way that you thought it should go. Maybe this is the season where you got a phone call that changed it all. You discovered something that turned your world upside down. Maybe a doctor's report came in and washed your life out. Maybe this is a season that you've been in the valley of death or under the shadow of darkness. Maybe every time the phone rings, you're dreading what's going to be said on the other line. Every email you open, you're terrified of what's going to be there. Every conversation, you're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Maybe this is the season when your hope went out. And maybe you're sitting here and maybe it's not just that it's been bad news. Maybe it's just been neutral news. Maybe like your whole life, like you don't expect anything good anymore. You just kind of go through the motions. You're numb. It just is what it is. Here would be the question. Do you live the daily realities of your life expecting the goodness of God or the hardships of life? Because when we are no longer expecting the goodness of God, we've lost our hope. And so we need some good news. And you say, well, what is the good news? Well, the good news is Jesus came to restore your identity, reconcile your relationship with God and redeem your purpose. The good news, the good news is God is good. Jesus has forgiven you. You are loved and everything is possible. And you say, how do I know that's true? Because Jesus showed up and proved that he wanted you. He showed up and proved that he was for you. He showed up and proved that he will never leave you nor forsake you. So there's good news because his name is Jesus and he came for you. Or maybe you need some great joy. Maybe as you look through this year, you've lost your joy. Maybe this is a season or a year of sorrow and sadness, depression and heaviness. Maybe you've just been weighed down. Maybe nothing excites you anymore. Nothing brings a smile to your face. There's nothing you're desiring or looking forward to in life. There's no sense of satisfaction or peace or purpose in in your life in, in any way. Maybe you've gone numb. Maybe everywhere you are, you're there, but you're never present. Like, in fact, you can't even remember the last time you were fully engaged and fully integrated into what was happening in the world around you. You were there in body and you took a selfie of it and posted it online so everyone knew you were there. But when you look at that picture, you can even remember how awful it felt because you knew you weren't really there. Maybe everything's gone gray and you've lost the color of life. Well, in Psalm 16, 11, it says, in his presence is fullness of joy. In other words, when Jesus came, he came to bring his presence to bring us not just joy, but great joy, the fullness of joy. That's why in John 10, Jesus says, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to bring havoc to your life, but I have come. I came as a baby in a manger, a man on a cross, and now the God within you, that you might have life and have it to the full. In other words, the fullness of life is the fullness of joy, a supernatural joy that upwells within us, regardless of what the circumstances are happening around us. You see, if you're here today and you're weak or you're weary, it's because you've lost your joy. 
You say, how? Because the Bible tells us the joy of the Lord is our strength. So when I'm weak or weary in my heart, it's because I've lost my joy. So have great joy. Because his name is Jesus and he came for you. You see, what's amazing about Jesus is he showed up to be loved to drive out your fear. He came to bring hope so you could have good news. And he came to bring his presence so you could live your life full of great joy. That's why when the angels say to the shepherds, a savior has been born to you. In other words, a savior. Jesus didn't come just so you could go to heaven when you die. Jesus came to save you, heal you, and make you whole. Because I would submit to you that if you're living with fear, if you're hopeless or full of sorrow, you are not healed and whole. Here's the problem for a lot of us. We get stuck in the fear of the future or the pain and the regret of the past. That's why we have no joy in the present. Fear is about the future. Hopelessness is about the past. And that's why many of us never have joy because joy can only be found in the present. Jesus came to resolve all of this so you could have life. In fact, this is why as the story goes on, the angels say to the shepherds, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to men on whom his favor rests. When Jesus came, he brought glory to God and he brought peace to you. Peace to men on whom his favor rests. Who does his favor rest on? Anyone who receives him. Jesus came to not only bring you peace with God, he came to bring you the peace of God. See, where we get really confused around Christmas time is we think Jesus should calm all of the storms in the world. But Jesus says, I didn't come to calm those storms, I came to calm these storms. And that's the problem. We get confused. He came to calm the storms in here so you could walk in victory on the storms out there and eventually help calm the storms in here in other people. That's why... That's why in John 16, Jesus says, I tell you these things so that in me you might have peace. He says, I'm telling you, good news of great joy. I'm telling you, I have come so you might understand you can have peace in me because in this world you will have trouble. Make no mistakes about it. I didn't come to calm all those storms. But take heart. Fear not, there's good news and great joy. Because I came to calm the storms in here. Because I've overcome the world. See, peace is not the absence of problems in the Christmas season. Peace is the presence of God. His name is Jesus and he came for you. In fact, one more thing for you, Isaiah chapter 9. This is the declaration of the prophecy of the coming Jesus. This is when creation is anxiously waiting like kids on Christmas morning for the Savior to come. And here's what it says. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. Pause. He came for you. To us, not to your grandma, not to your spouse, not to your friend, not to your neighbor, not to your kid, not to the person who invited you to come here today. He came for you. He was given to you. And the government will be on his shoulders. No, not the American government, the kingdom of God government, which is better, the kingdom of faith, hope, and love. A lot of bad jokes we can make. We're going to bypass all of them. <laughs> and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is Jesus. He's wonderful. He is the God of awe and wonder. He's a counselor. 
He didn't come just to show you the way. He came to be the way and guide your feet in the path of peace. He's the mighty God. He's our hero, our champion. He is victorious. He won the battle so we don't have to go and fight. He's the everlasting father, which means he has no beginning and no end. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the great I am, which means he will be for you what you need him to be. And he came to bring you home. And he's the prince of peace. In other words, only Jesus has the authority to bring peace to the storms in here. That's why it's the most wonderful time of the year. He came to be born so we could be born again. The God in heaven became the baby in the manger to become the man on the cross so he could be the God who lives within us. It's really not disillusioning or disappointing when you put it back in context. I have no idea where you are this Christmas. I don't know what's going on in your life, where you're at, what's happening in your world, but I know this, that the same thing that was declared to those shepherds that first Christmas night is what God wants to say to you. Don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. His name is Jesus, and he came for you. So here's what I want to invite you to do with me for a moment. Will you go ahead and grab the candle you got when you came in? And parents, if you could help us out with any children that you brought in, just so everybody stays safe. If you go ahead and grab that candle. And here's what happens at Christmas time. It's full of lights and candles. And you say, why? Because Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus came to bring light back to the darkness. You see, that's why a baby in a manger means something, because a baby in a manger on its own is disillusioning. But the God of light, who came to bring light into our darkness, that changes everything. See, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. In other words, Jesus says, whoever follows me will fear not, will be full of good news and live a life of great joy. And so in a moment, what we're gonna do is we're gonna bring the lights down because without Jesus, everything is dark. And we're gonna light one candle to symbolize Jesus coming to the earth, the light of the world that first Christmas. And then we're gonna pass it on. And it's gonna go from person to person because that's how the life of Jesus spreads. And when it gets to you, somebody's going to have a lit candle and they're going to turn it to you and you're going to take your unlit candle and turn it to the side and put it in the flame. And here's what's interesting. You never turn to the side the lit candle. Why? Because the flame always stands upright. In other words, the flame doesn't submit itself to us. We have to choose to submit ourselves to the flame. Jesus didn't come to surrender to us. He came to lay down his life and invites us to surrender to him that his life may now turn on in our heart. And so as it gets to you this Christmas, before you light your candle, 
Have you ever let Jesus turn the light on in your heart? Maybe this Christmas, as your candle goes on, you can let that fear be driven out. You can let that hopelessness fall to the ground. You can take that sorrow off of your shoulders because his name is Jesus and he came for you. You see, without Jesus, all we have is darkness. That's the extent of your life. Numb, cold, fearful, hopeless, and full of sorrow and despair. But then Jesus came and he came to break the darkness off of our lives and turn on his light. And so this Christmas, may you hear what was declared that first Christmas. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. His name is Jesus and he came for you.